0: to this week's episode of the two-point culture hey it's zach what it do what it do what it do It's your boy chase and we are coming at you one more time with an action-packed episode of great content that's about to be dropped and it's you know what this is the best time this is the best time of the year because the nba playoffs are just about to start and the NFL draft is right around the corner. Yup. So if you like basketball and you like football, this is the pinnacle of probably, I don't know, the best part of the, of like the both seasons, like in terms of like intertwining, we've got a, we got a pack slate. I don't really want to beat around this. I think we should go straight into it. All right, Zach Uh, throw that off the glass. Where are we going? Well, I think we should stick with off the glass, and I think we should stick with the NBA. Uh, Season's wrapping up. We have the play-in games. Before we touch those, let's first congratulate the teams that actually
1: made the playoffs. Salute to all of you. You know, this has been a hard-fought season. I can't... I wouldn't have predicted, number one, the East playing out like this. We always know that the West is really, really competitive. For sure. But this has just been something to watch as a display of sportsmanship or just great team play dominancy throughout the entire season to this point. Yeah. And like the
0: crazy part, Oh, sorry. The, go, ahead, go, go for go it. Ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say like the crazy part is like the ebbs and flows of the season, especially in the Eastern conference. Like you had teams like the bulls that were, you know, rocking, they were, Probably one of the best teams. Nobody, it felt like at the beginning of the season, towards the middle of the season, nobody wanted to play the Bulls. And yet the
1: Bulls finished six yep. in the East. And, and for nothing, they're not healthy right now because they're missing a big key to the start of their season. Correct.
0: And then, you know, we throw in like the Cavs, right? Like the Cavs, like nobody was talking about the Cavs uh, going into the season. They started winning some games early on. People were like, eh, it's you know, it's just the start of the season you know lo and behold halfway through the year up until the all-star break they were rolling they were probably what i think they were like third or fourth
1: at least at one point
0: in time yeah i think i think
1: i I saw them as high as first at one point too like very early in the season
0: yeah and then next thing you know like after the all-star break just down 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 they go they end up i mean spoiler alert but now they're in a, they're in a playing game. Basically <laughs> got one more shot. They're like, yeah. they're like M and M eight mile. They got one more shot. <laughs> one opportunity sees everything they ever wanted. <laughs> I'll tell you who's not <laughs> referenced to uh, Detroit and M M&M. M. <laughs> Pistons are nowhere to be found.
1: <laughs> but we expected that too, because absolutely. Unfortunately, Detroit still has to go through their struggles. And this is the sacrificial lime of, Uh, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, and Rich Hamilton with Rashid winning that ring back in 2002, 2003.
0: They got skeletons in their closet, right? Just a touch. (laughs) No one knows. So just to recap in the East, you have the Heat finishing first, Celtics finishing second, which by the way, if we want to talk about a team that came out of nowhere, your boy Chase's team, the Boston Celtics.
1: Now we have to deal with Brooklyn, but we'll get to that.
0: No, no, we'll we'll save that, save that. Giannis caught fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bucks finished third. You have the 76ers who finished fourth. The Raptors, who, by the way, I think everybody thought was going to be a lottery team slash maybe play-in game team. They surprised everyone, finished fifth. Uh, Bulls in sixth. And then that's when the play-in games start. So before we touch upon that, we also got the Western Conference. Suns, what a... What a season. Great for them. season.
1: Great season. 63 wins.
0: 64 wins. 18 losses. 64. Number one seed. <laughs> Let's also give them their applause because Monty Williams did a great job. Absolutely. How crazy is it that they were missing Devin Booker for a good part of the season and just kept afloat? No well, problems. Beyond,
1: well, besides that, they also missed uh Chris Paul. True. Like for a long stretch. So... Still finished with sixty four wins, impeccable. I can't really think of another way, any other word to sum up that season. DeAndre Ayton also put besides the contract talk and got to focus on basketball. Is there? And that's a huge thing considering you know everybody wants to be paid, everybody wants their dollar for what they're worth. So great for the Suns, man. Crazy part for that team too is that they had such a deep playoff
0: run last year that now they've been battle tested. Mm-hmm. I do not want to play them in the western in the Western Conference right now. Like that's a team that's definitely had, well leadership check, ability check yeah. on both sides of the ball, and then one hell of a coach. So this is a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams. Here's a surprising one though: the Memphis Grizzlies coming in sec- in second. Which them too? I mean, they had a pretty big stretch of no John Morant and yeah. still managed to keep up. Jenkins deserves a lot of credit right now. And to me personally, I think he should be coach of the year. But if you want to argue for Monty Williams, <laughs> no no issues I'm, on my I'm always going to argue for Monty. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Chris Paul here. Warriors finished third. I mean, let's be honest. I feel like they're kind of coasting towards the end of the season. I think that once you get a healthy clay, a healthy Steph. staff – um, Draymond back to being Draymond like that's going to be a team that you definitely have to watch the Mavericks at four I mean Luka just basically put this whole team on his back and said I'm carrying you guys into the playoffs I'm curious to see how his injury is going to play out but we'll save that for more of like our playoff show probably we're going to probably um, recap some of the games in the first round next week so we'll, we'll keep that from then for sure uh, Utah Jazz finished fifth and then the Denver Nuggets finishing sixth Utah and Denver weird seasons I mean I know de- de- for Denver to be honest I think they exceeded a lot of expectations because I mean there's still, they're still do- no Murray right yeah and Jokic is playing at an MVP like level but the Jazz this year have just been up and down
1: like they start off so hot but again i think that one of their biggest issues that we we try to highlight especially mm-hmm. on this platform and i've been very vocal about it is the locker room chemistry between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. uh i think that the really the days of that tandem is numbered i i agree i can't see them playing together forever i think that they hate each other but they're there together so they deal with each other. And this really backtracks to two years ago when Rudy Gobert uh, started heading out COVID like they were hot pockets. (laughs) Pretty much.
0: It's worth noting though, for that. It's funny because you start seeing all these rumors and sources coming out that are saying that, you know, Donovan Mitchell's headed to New York. Then there's also rumors coming out that said, that say like Gobert's headed somewhere else um insert team x right right is there a chance that this year the jazz
1: just move away from both players and just hit the reset button so before you finished that sentence that was the first thing that entered my mind was what happens right now if they just decide we'll blow the whole thing up and i haven't really gauged this year's free agency agency class pardon me hmm I also don't know what the draft looks like for them going in because yeah. considering they are in the playoffs they're probably drank, uh, drafting in the lower you know half of the draft. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you want to allocate your resources well you're going to actually probably have to allocate resources to replacing both. Yeah, and
0: like you I think what you're doing right now is kind of banking on one of the teams that are out of the playoffs right now to give up picks. So at least you get one or two lottery picks for those players, but uh, you're, you're shrinking your pool in terms of who you could trade with too. Right. (laughs) That's not a, it's not a really smart strategy. No, not at all, but we'll save that for another week. Season wrapped up. NBA awards are around the corner. I think Chase and I, have our feeling on who we think deserve some of the awards
1: i'm curious to keep your mind on this actually because i think we have a lot of opposite picks
0: i mean potentially but we may also have some similar picks so For sure. For let's sure. see what happens it's kind of cool too because we both don't know who we chose
1: that's right like guys this is going to be authentic me and zach actually don't discuss players no. unless it's our pre-picks of football and usually we, we, we end up on other players anyway. So this is going to be an interesting time to do it with the NBA, especially right now.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So let's start rookie of the year. So before we say each other's uh, uh, rookie of the year um, winners or who we think, um, I just want to say that like this year's rookie class was actually a lot, a lot better than I expected. And I think the, honestly I, I think the uh, league has a bright future with some of these guys and I think there's maybe you can probably make an argument that there's three to four who really stu- like stood out this year but like I imagine what they're going to be doing next year right like
1: <laughs> the step up that could be a big step for all four of these players I think this race is closer than it's ever been before correct I actually think that it's it's closer than it's ever been before for a lot of these awards. The rookie mm-hmm. class is interesting though, because usually the first overall picks the runaway. Mm-hmm. And this year we find ourselves in looking throughout each conference and being like, yeah, but this guy shone when he was shining, and he Absolutely. was on and that team got hot. And that's why we are where we are today with this layout of the playoffs and the playing games. All right. So with that being said,
0: Chase, Who's your rookie of the year?
1: I have to give it to Cade Cunningham. Okay. Actually, let me retract that. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Yeah. I have to give it to Evan Mobley. Oh, good pick. Good pick. I think what he did with the Cavaliers is incredible. I think the pairing of him and Darius Garland is genius. I really do think that there is a very very bright future, and in a positionalist basketball game today, somebody who stretches the floor as a big man, mm-hmm. nobody probably did it better as a rookie than than um, Evan Mobley.
0: Yeah, I think he was dominant on both sides of the ball too. I mean, but nobody talks about his defensive game, but his That's... defensive game was pretty, you know, pretty good for a rookie. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think he played a big part in the success for the Cavs, especially. You know going we're well, getting them into at least the playing games right mm-hmm. like that that's huge uh curious to see what his next step is gonna be like if he can develop a little bit more of an outside game he's going to be deadly like i oh. I, I do see a lot of similarities with some of the uh more dynamic big men in the league with For that sure. guy and I, I i do think that his career is gonna continue to ascend on my end what's it gonna be zach However, this guy from Toronto, no, I didn't, uh, I, didn't I didn't go Scotty. No, uh, I actually had it between two players. One was Evan Mobley. I I did think about him, but in the end, I took your original guy. I went with Kate Cunningham. I mean, I know they weren't supposed to win 22 games or 23 games this year, but in the twenty, 20- <laughs> Yes, they were. What do you mean? Don't lie to people. I thought Matt. they were going to win don't. less to be honest. I thought they were going to be in the teens. <laughs> but now Kate Cunningham showed out. I thought he was pretty dynamic. He took more of a leadership role which was huge. I thought that was a big step for him. Uh 17.4 points per game uh, per game was is pretty impressive. He's averaging 5.6 assists this season like this guy is definitely a building block and I I think it's a bright future for Detroit having this guy as a guard in their backcourt. So I I got Kate winning this one, but you know what? Like, like you said, I think between him, Mobley, Scotty Barnes definitely deserves some praise. And I think he gets it on this podcast quite a bit. Uh, So we won't toot toot his horn too much. And then obviously he's already gotten his flowers. It's good. He's good. Exactly. And then, (laughs) (laughs) Darren <laughs> Green, too, is also um, – he showed out towards the end of the season as for well. For sure. I will say this, though, for these rookies, like, the guys who the, – the people who don't win it play with that chip on the shoulder that mm-hmm. you didn't win it. Because, I mean, look at Anthony Edwards this year. Yeah. So, like, you could, yeah. you could tell that, that guy is still pissed off that he didn't win over LaMelo. And he's showing out, I mean, especially in the, in the playing games. But we'll get to that. For sure, for sure, for sure. All right, next one here. Let's go with most improved player.
1: So, who do you have? So, I had two names that come came up. I'm going to go with the second name before I tell you my actual pick exactly. because I'm not going to. I understand in the absence of Steph Curry, that's not an easy person to replace. Mm-hmm. But Jordan Poole came out swinging. He increased his shooting. He was good defensive. He was a good leader. He was a good substitution for Steph. He did just enough that the Warriors didn't suffer too much. But my actual pick, I got to go to the shy. I got to talk about DeMar DeRozan. Nice. And the wonderful year that he has had and the resurgence of DeMar DeRozan that has come around. If I I look up his stats right now, DeMar DeRozan averaged on the season, 36 minutes a game. 27.9 points a game. He was shooting 50% from the field as a whole. Five assists for uh, five boards, four assists. And as I watched DeMar DeRozan play, I can't think of a time really much where he missed a jump shot from inside of the paint. He led Chicago to where, to being to that record. Mm -hmm. The unfortunate thing for Chicago is obviously the Lonzo effect of Lonzo going down and not being available because that obviously... Hurt them much more than it helped them, for sure. But yeah, I'm going for Demar. You know, um, my city loved me like De- Demar Derozan. So hey, there you go, there you go. DeMar. I like it. I like it. Let's play, Let's blame the Drake line for that. No, honestly, like
0: it's a good pick. Uh, to be honest, I forgot about yeah how much of an impact Demar had. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely took major strides in the last. Well, let's say three quarters of the season versus sure. what he what he was doing in san antonio for
1: sure
0: but this is a bit of a homer pick but my most improved player is not tamar derozan yes. it's not pool it's john ja morant
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah because we are the john morant bank club yeah
0: absolutely and as the president of the genre Morant fan club i will say that he took a huge step this year and i think he's inserted himself into superstar status no longer just a very good young player or an uprising player or or somebody to keep an eye on no i think he's now officially a superstar 27.4 points per game uh, 6.7 uh assists per game like you know he was from uh, his free throws were at 76.1. John Morant was not only a dominant guard this year, but he was also a leader and he helped Memphis you know ascend up the up the standings and become the second best team in the Western Conference. I don't know where else to go with this man. I think he was clutch, I think he had highlight moments, I think he's electrifying um we talked about this before i don't think you pay to go see the memphis grizzlies i think you pay to see john morant and that's why to me he's the most improved player that's a great pick
1: i'm not even mad at that yeah can't can't be can't be as the as the home fan page of john morant that's an amazing pick yeah i just
0: couldn't shy away from it my honorable mention though was uh from the Spurs, murray Mm. i also think he had a great season too but I – honestly, with the four guys we just mentioned, like can't go wrong with those guys. I mean, each each and every one of them brought something different this year than they had in previous seasons. And what a time to be in this league. I'll tell you that right now.
1: All right. Sixth man of the year. So, so this one I had to run some number, numbers and yeah. really – constrive who affected their team the best off the bench. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take my talents to South beach and I'm going to talk about Tyler Hero and why I think he should be the sixth man of the year. Besides being an astounding shooter, he's come off the bench. He's embraced that role. He's done more than enough to compensate when either Jimmy or Kyle Lowry are not out there or Duncan Robinson. Uh, Did I mention he's a great shooter already? Keep keep going. All right. Well, we we got that, that right? And as we look at, um, pardon me, as we look at Tyler Hero's stats on the season, average 20 points a game, his best shooting season at 44.7%, five boards, four assists. Coming off the bench, that's great production. You pray to find players like that off your bench, sometimes even as a starter. But, yeah, I really do think that in high praise we should – honor Tyler hero and that's not the end if you haven't i like Tyler hero by uh Jack Harlow
0: <laughs> my homeboy Tyler he played in south Beach beach he told me that this summer he' gonna fix my jumper.
1: yeah exactly
0: well guess what boy we got a thumper because guess what I took Tyler hero there out he is well. <laughs> knew you had it right Zach yeah I had to grab Tyler hero on this one um I think you stated all the facts that I was going to break to the table on this, he was an animal this year. And honestly, I think he's going to have such a bright future, especially for this team. I'm curious to see where they end up going with him because eventually they're going to have to move him into the starter rotation. Right. I'm not saying this year, obviously, but
1: going forward. So I do think that because we know, Kyle Lowry is starting to get that up there in age. I know he's going to be there for probably another season or two, but that's probably going to be a good transition game when you either draft a rookie or grab a young free agent Mm -hmm. at the point guard position and you pair them. And again, still under uh, Jimmy Butler's mentorship and Bama DeBio's to help that team chemistry and not for nothing. If we're talking about team chemistry, you know, Udonis Haslam is still there. So if, I think Miami's always going to be in good hands. I think Udonis Hansel is going to play probably another 10 years, but just not come off the bench. <laughs> he's never be leaving. A, yeah, exactly. He's going to. He's born and may, raised in Miami, drafted to Miami. Miami is him. That's his town. I got a sneaky suspicion that he's waiting for
0: Spolster to, uh, to retire, move to the front office, and that he's going to be the new coach. He might not have to. I think Spolster kept him there for a reason, too.
1: I'm I just mean, saying –
0: I'm just saying, like, I would be surprised if that guy ends up, like, moving into, like, a, a player-coach
1: position. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> just Jackie Moons this, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or what Tom Brady was supposed to do to Miami, but hey, hey. here we are now. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I do agree with you, though, for Tyler Hero. Uh, I think he's got a bright future there. It's so funny to think that I wonder if those rumors were true about when Lowry was rumored to be moved at the deadline, if Tyler Hero was actually being discussed. I I have a feeling that Miami didn't want to part with him, but man, that would have been interesting.
1: It would have had to be a really good trade because that's a really, really good depthy piece to add to a roster. For sure. Right. And then like, and not only like on Miami's side, like to lose. Yeah.
0: lose him would be huge too that you're really you're really compromising the rest of your bench
1: yeah a lot a lot a lot a lot more that's said than done because the other thing like tyler hero clearly gets along with the entire roster Mm -hmm. and we all know how much uh roster chemistry is important locker room chemistry is important i should say
0: yeah correct
1: and i don't know i just tyler belongs in miami i don't want to see him in another jersey other than there he should be drafted at Heat with the Heat and he should retire as a member of the Heat when He's that time comes.
0: Listeners, he says this, but if Tyler Hero decided to wear a, a green and white jersey, I think he'd be more than happy to have him. Oh uh,
1: you guys can't see him. my eyes got wide at that yeah idea. I know <laughs> <laughs> no Tyler Hero is an amazing player amazing season. I'm glad that we both agreed with this. This yes. is kind of like a unanimous decision at this point that Tyler Hero is supposed to be the guy oh, for the sixth man of the year. For sure. All right, let's
0: go to defensive player of the year.
1: Well, you know, we were just talking about Boston and who would I be if we, I wasn't biased again, right? Third time, three weeks saying it. Listen, if I, you know, if I am fully
0: behind the John Morant. Fan club, you could fully be behind this player's fan club because
1: I think he's got a bright future in the league. Marcus Smart. <laughs> the God. I have a feeling Marcus Smart's gonna end up being like, I mean, defensively, anyways, like Pat Beverly. Better and get and but a better shooter. Yeah, just more impactful as, as a player. Exactly. I was really, really happy I was one of the probably few people that was like, don't trade him when those rumors were circulating last year, and mm-hmm. I'm really, really glad that they got that contract extension done. I was going to say that, yeah. That piece and what he brings, I understand the height and whatever. Height is irrelevant right now. No. Marcus Smart's game is bigger than him, mm-hmm. and he puts the pressure on. He averages right now on the season, a steal and a half per game, point three of a block. You'll still get 12 points of him for production on offense but what he does for the defensive side of the Boston Celtics is he locks down that top part of the court.
0: Yeah. I agree with you on this one. He, he definitely deserves to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And I, to be honest, I think he might even be the leading candidate for the award. Um, he brings a certain energy that I feel that Boston feeds off of. It's like a young Garnett. Yeah, it's kind of weird it's though. Weird, it's like, right? Yeah, like when he's when he's going and he starts locking people down, like you could feel even especially when they're at home, you could feel that the tides turn, the crowd starts to get behind them, and then next thing you know, there's a surge and then they're on a you know ten point run, right? Like it, it he, he's a type of player that could change a game, and he doesn't even need to score, and that's to be honest, that's pretty rare
1: that you see that. Not for nothing, because I know we're going to get to talking about the play-in. Mm-hmm. I have in front of me, do you know what Marcus Smart averages points per game is versus the Brooklyn Nets? I don't know. 17.8. Eesh. That's going to be a great contributing piece. But I digress. Yeah, Zach, who's your DPOY?
0: I was torn. To be honest, I, I was thinking Marcus Smart, but... I think I'm gonna stay in South Beach, and I'm gonna go with Bam. Ooh, I liked okay. what I liked what Adam uh, Adam did this year. With him on the floor, the Miami Heat were the number one defense, the number one defense rebounding percentage, and we're number two in defensive shot quality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, when you have a big man that could create a matchup nightmare and basically can deploy multiple positions um on the defense side of the ball that to me is a big impact that's an impactful player and that's one of the reasons why Miami finished first so I, I like Bam on this one he averaged 10.1 total rebounds per game that's a ridiculous stat <laughs> and um yeah I, I honestly like not much more I could say to that. I just, I thought personally, I thought he he had a hell of a season, but I get it if Marcus Smart ends up beating him out. Like he, I I guess um, you could kind of say too, that like he's more important to the Celtics than I think maybe Bam was this year For 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 the heat. Yeah. So sticking by my guy, I'll still go with Bam though. That's all right. Yeah. And stay in South beach over there. Absolutely. It's nice and warm down here. Yeah, of course. I bet. Boston snow, man. Come on now. Go to Miami. Are we continuing on on this road now? I'm surprised you did not want to slap the words out of my mouth on that one. Well, I'm not Will Smith, man. <laughs> I did say welcome yeah. to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> All right. MVP talk. Is this I had... even a discussion? <laughs> Who do you have? I got Joel. So this is a discussion.
1: Okay. I got Joel Embiid as my MVP. What I, I think the contributing factor before the James Harden trade of what he was doing was uh, magnificent. I think him winning the scoring title and being the first center to win a scoring title since Shaq in the 2000s is huge or favored to win the scoring title, I should say. Mm-hmm. And Even though there was, you know, Joel didn't really cater well to the Ben Simmons drama that was happening at the beginning of the season from the end of last year's playoffs. Mm -hmm. Clearly that team looks to him to be the leader. Absolutely. I think that if certain members of that team can fully stay on, and I'm not saying anybody's name, James Harden. um, I think that if you can lock in defensively, make the plays you need to play and not necessarily focus on the coach head coach drama right now. I think Joel Embiid is the reason why the Sixers are where they are. I think they're much more dangerous than we anticipate them to be in the playoffs, though I still have the Raptors beating them. Spoiler alert. Ding 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 ding. ding. I really do think Joel Embiid is a different breed of a player when it comes to it again look as i was talking about evan mobley before that's somebody that stretches the floor Mm -hmm. he can shoot the three you good luck getting a shot over that guy because that's a job and a half in itself i gotta go with joel man it's kind of like a layup
0: i don't think it's as much of a layup as you think but i do see where you're coming from and i do i do agree with some of your supporting claims but i have to go with another center who already has an mvp we're talking with the g i'm going with Jokic. i mean where's denver supposed to be this year they were not supposed to be um as impactful as a team they were supposed to be in a playing position they were supposed to be um, missing Murray and oh, oh, what's this? Jokic averages 27.1 <laughs> points per game, he's averaging 13.8. Yes, you heard me 13.8 rebounds per game. Jokic was an animal this year, <laughs> and I gotta give Joker his props on this because personally, like, not only was he a factor on the offensive side of the ball, he really did improve his defensive side, and I personally think that he's the mvp this year i i don't see denver contending at all honestly like or even being in in the conversation without him for me i i think he deserves it but hey i i will say mvp race is wide open as far as i'm concerned so Zach, like if you brought steph curry name into here I I would be like okay I understand if you brought Giannis's name into this conversation I'd be like okay I kind of see where you're going but to me like I got to go with the monster from
1: Serbia man <laughs> all right but Zach here's to yeah. my point I have in front of me right now Joel Embiid versus Nikola, Nikola Jokic, Jokic's stats correct right now points per game Embiid is winning okay right now assist per game Jokic is winning uh okay. actually yes Jokic is winning Mm-hmm. Uh, by almost double. Boards per game, Embiid is winning. Okay. Steals per game, it's rather close. Slight edge, Jokic. Blocks per game, Embiid. We have one MVP that you're talking about, you're right, who's played an extra season. You have Embiid, who has more playoff appearances and games played than Jokic, and you have more All Star games behind Embiid. Than Jokic. Now that's their careers in a whole. I understand. We're focusing on the season. I understand also that, you know, as we talk about Jokic, like you pointed out, Jamal Murray was missing. Yeah. That's okay because you know who else was missing? Ben Simmons. And he was supposed to be the point guard of this team. Correct. But then my
0: argument to that is well, you still have Maxi. You still have Thiebaul. You still have. Uh, Tobias Harris you still have you had half or maybe a little bit less than half a season of James Harden you still have Doc Rivers who does Joker have that he's playing with <laughs> Aaron Gordon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Highland okay yeah. camp campazzo uh, Michael Lil Porter Burton. Jr like okay like i don't know i just find personally strength of roster giving the sixers over what he was working with in Denver, but uh, honestly, like it's a great debate. And to be honest, isn't it interesting? And this is kind of where I wanted to lead uh, after this little segment was over. Isn't it interesting how much people have been, you know, touting and trying to cram down every, like I guess NBA fans throat about how you need like solid guards. You need guys who could shoot and everything like that. But for the MVP, we're talking about
1: centers. <laughs> that's, that's where the game's gone, man, because right now we're also in a time in the world where positionalist basketball is a thing. So yeah. it doesn't matter if you played the one your no. entire life. No, you have to be able to play one through five. Five, Exactly. This is a really, really, really interesting time. I think the closest thing we ever saw to this was maybe Shaq versus Tim Duncan. Yeah, like isn't that weird though? (laughs) We're we're that far removed where, oh, now your main ball handler can be seven feet and be fine outside of the asterisks of what Magic Johnson was. And the crazy part is, I mean, about like you know we're talking about,
0: you know, the Carl. I'm like I'm gonna throw Carl Anthony Towns' name into here too, right? Like Jokic, Embiid, like uh, Evan Mobley, who's coming up. Like the crazy part about these young, well, these these centers are like like you said the way they can distribute the ball, it's like you said, having a point guard as a center, like as a big, like that's even scarier if you think about it. Um, if you hit them in the right spot with enough time, they can shoot the three. Both, And of then, them. and exactly. And then if you look at the draft that's coming up, like all the guys who are supposed to go in the top three to four, it's all big guys. It's all, it's, it's all the big men. So it's yep. all, it, it's a weird time. And I, I don't want to say that well, cause we all know that every league is a copycat league, mm-hmm. but do you think the way that like people viewed the Suns last year with like the way that how they played with Aiden, like more teams are going to start thinking about that. Like, Oh man, we do need like a really athletic, big guy, like who, who basically can play. He might not be the Jokic or beads of the world, but a guy who, you know, is serviceable
1: and can play, um, Maybe not one to five, but at least one to three. I, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. and I think that the person's name that we should include into that conversation, I'm not saying that he's up there in the status of the Joel no. Embiid's and the Nikola Jokic's, but he is on the Phoenix Suns too. And it's not just Aiton because JaVale McGee has been an amazing Correct. piece to what the, the Suns have done mm-hmm. in the last two seasons. Yeah. While being like basically a meme yeah. Or since the beginning of social media pretty much (laughs) and that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to be polite here because we we don't want to shit on too many people. I'm saving my shitting on somebody later.
0: (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just, I found that was interesting, you know, like a true center is maybe you have like Rudy Gobert, who's more of a true center that's that's dominant, but still, I mean, it's a interesting time. I'll yes. say that very, and very
1: very different from what we grew up in.
0: It's just like I said it's just funny how like we've been talked about for so long about how you really need to have dominant point guards and or dominant guards we'll say. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of just like well you still need actually a really good
1: big man. <laughs> like you still need that guy, right? Like, Look at what Toronto did, man. They made sure everybody they drafted was big except for Fred VanVleet. Like they brought in long, lanky players, not to su- switch the subject, but yeah, they yeah. wanted to make sure hey, if our team goes like this from hand to hand, good we can luck. Reach across the, we can cross the court. Hey, Red Rover, Red Rover. <laughs> he ain't getting by, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you uh, could shoot up.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, let's dive into the playing games. I, I want to touch upon these. Pretty quickly here. So last night we got to see two actually fantastic games. I didn't make it past the second half of the late game, unfortunately. I got, I
1: got us. I got us. I got <laughs> okay, us good. I got Thank us there, you. but I'm going to need you to carry us for the Cleveland game because the Cleveland Nets game, unfortunately, I was preoccupied. I was not available
0: mm-hmm.
1: and my phone was blowing up. And I was like, all I want to do is go watch basketball right now and I can't. So I'll sum sum it up as this. Kyrie Irving
0: decided to have that look in his eyes and go in killer mode because in the first quarter alone, the guy just couldn't miss. Like, he was hitting everything. It didn't matter where it was in the court. It was just like, yeah, I got this. Don't worry about it. Like, it was crazy to see. And it was a weird game because, you know, the Nets got up big at one point. And then slowly the Cavs kind of chipped back, chipped back, chipped back towards the end of the fourth, sorry, towards the fourth quarter where I think they got the lead down to the six or eight. I think it was eight. Yeah. And then once again, the Nets just took back off. Oh. Yeah. What I thought of this game, I mean, when it comes to Brooklyn, like I know they won the game, but still like defense is definitely an issue. Um, They still have a lot of, I guess uh, defensive lapses and 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 uh, mental breakdowns on on their side of the court, um, just misassignments as far as I'm concerned. But man, when those two decide to turn it up, Durant and Curry, like, good luck. Like the the buckets are just falling. I thought Drummond had a pretty pretty good game. I thought he was he, I thought he was effective on the boards and kind of slowed down the way that the Cavs wanted to play. And that was just crash and bang and and pretty much just, you know, attack straight to the rim. Mm
1: -hmm. I I will say this. It's interesting to watch both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving average double doubles in this, or have a double double in this game. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Durant didn't have his double double with rebounds. He had it with assists. Yeah. So I think that the strategy of the Brooklyn Nets going forward is No longer, we don't care about defense, but we're going to outscore you, and you're going to have to deal with all of our shooters. So look for Seth Curry to come alive into the playoffs. Look for uh, Bruce
0: Brown. I was going to say that Bruce Brown had a hell of a game. He had 18 points. Seth struggled. He he actually put up a goose egg, but I expect that.
1: And I don't expect that to continue basically. No, probably like he's allowed to be like he's brother of the greatest shooter. Yeah. Ever. So no, he'll, he'll no be fine. Deal. He'll be fine. Yeah, but what I will say is watching them perform the way that they performed, watching the numbers go up the way that they have. The Brooklyn Nets are going to be a very dangerous team. And the one thing that I did say to you off mic, and I truly believe this, is I really think Kyrie Irving hates Cleveland because for <laughs> that first for that first quarter or that first. He went eleven for eleven. Yeah. Yeah, you could miss. He didn't like not miss. No, he was
0: on fire. You <laughs> miss. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. But he had that All right, look, Darius Garland. He had that look in his eyes like just I'm in kill mode. Don't don't talk to me. Don't. You know like it, it just felt like he just
1: saw buckets. That's it. You, you guys made me sit here for four seasons without LeBron. You couldn't you bet after I got that ring, I couldn't wait to get out. <laughs> Correct. I do want to give a shout out to
0: Garland. I mean, yeah. I felt felt like the young guys uh, were, I guess, a little starstruck and a little bit feeling like the moment was a little too big, Sure, but boy, did he have a good game. I mean, he had had 34 points. For sure. Cleveland has a bright future. I think people need to start paying attention a little bit more. I know at least on my end, I need to. They did this, and I mean, I I know they lost by seven, but they did this without Allen. And without Sexton, true. I got true. true.
1: Those not are for two. Nothing, they've been those doing, are two pieces. Uh, they're huge pieces, and not for nothing. Even for uh, Sexton to play the way that he has throughout the season, amid mm-hmm. trade rumors around. Correct. You know, oh, his he's childish, and we don't really want him in the locker room. Going through all of that to perform the way that you have to get help attribute to the Cavaliers being to the position that they are now. Mm-hmm. Is commendable. So, Colin Sexton, you are no longer going to be referred to for the internet meme of looking at somebody like I have time today to deal with you, (laughs) but for actually playing basketball at a high competitive level and contributing to a team that, you know, should have that most people wrote off. Like we thought they were done last year. We thought Kevin Love would want out and it would be over. But no, the team came together in a very nice, complete way. Offensively, defensively, just great attribution from everybody. So yeah, Cleveland does definitely have a very bright future going into next season, and And not for nothing. Maybe they win on Friday and they still make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, for sure. You quickly touched upon Kevin Love. I mean, double double for him too, right? Like, Uh, fourteen points, (laughs) thirteen rebounds. The guy feels like he's been in the league for a million years, but.
1: Still killing it. <laughs> Kevin Love went from one struggling franchise to a winning franchise, or debatably winning, but a yeah. playoff finals appearing franchise. Play- yeah, a playoff, a, a playoff, playoff caliber franchise. franchise. Yeah. <laughs> back to a struggling franchise, and yeah. to be here, like I, I, I feel happy to see Kevin Love in that position too. For sure. So that sets up a Brooklyn Nets,
0: Boston, Boston Celtics. Celtics. But we'll save that. That's gonna be good. That's gonna, that's be, gonna be a
1: great. That's gonna be a great series. Kyrie
0: back to Boston. Yeah, he's bringing the sage with him. Has to sage, <laughs> sage 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 the whole arena. Uh, oh, that's the other thing too. Um, nobody's talking about this, but he did that on, uh, without eating. Like that's he's on. Yeah, his, this is his Ramadan. Fast.
1: We have to highlight yeah. that too. He's yeah, he is on his fast. So yeah, no eating, no water nope. because he's not allowed to do that. No. That's impressive. Honestly, good for him. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so let's go to the late game now in the West. I mean, smile to my face that once again, the Clippers do what the Clippers do best. (laughs) But uh, there's only one LA team. (laughs) Basically, just one. Funny part is in this playoffs it might be zero, but anyway, yeah, we'll, that,
1: that we'll digress from that. I wanna, yeah. I don't wanna yeah. on the wound for you there, Zach. I'll take oh, it despite our, you know, teams the wound is deepy. open,
0: <laughs> it's being stitched up as we speak. It's bad, but <clears throat> I want to say it was awesome to see the Minnesota crowd last night. The yeah. way <clears throat> they were reacting, it felt like such an important playoff game for them. I know it was, but it felt like such a big game. Uh, I think the team fed off of it, and the Timberwolves pull out a win against yeah. the Clippers.
1: Thoughts on this game before I give you mine? Um, first, because we spoke about him last year, or from last year, and what the award he didn't win in the Rookie of the Year, Anthony Edwards is a very special player. Mm-hmm. Led all scorers with 30 points. Willed that team to a victory without Carl Anthony Towns because Carl Anthony Towns was fouled out by early fourth quarter. Yeah. And they didn't play with him because he had in throughout the first half that much because he had four fouls before the end of the first quarter. Yeah. So, you no, know, everybody was like, Oh my God, Carl Anthony Towns is out. What are we gonna do? And between Anthony Edwards and Patrick Beverly. The Minnesota Timberwolves controlled that game. They dictated everything. Future is right there too. We can't sleep on the Timberwolves anymore. We have to hold them high and seriously. We know that they're going to come to play. They have an attitude. They're aggressive. They're not afraid of anybody to punch them in the mouth. It doesn't matter if Carl Anthony Towns, who started off over seven with four fouls, not in the game, no problem. No, no issue. No problem. Now, if Kawhi Leonard's out there, maybe a little bit of a different story. But, uh, huge problem. But, but, huge problem. <laughs> but, but let's digress from there. Yeah. the Yeah, no, the Timberwolves look scary. They have a chip on their shoulder. They're tired of being counted out. Anthony Edwards definitely carries that chip from last year of being robbed of the rookie of the year. I'm saying robbed loosely in the sense because I don't want to For disrespect sure. Lonello Ball because he had an amazing season. But, yeah, no, Minnesota is going to be something special to watch. Who... I think that their opponents laid out right. Who are they opening with? Oh, they get jaw at Memphis. Oh yeah, Memphis. Uh, Watching Pat Beverly (laughs) at the presser. Listen to Anthony Edwards and then be like, "Yo, just give me the beer and just crack the silver." La La can take the ass home. Yeah, all of that energy. Getting inside of Marcus Morris's head, almost getting him ejected in, <laughs> in the second quarter. <laughs> like, yeah, that's whatever peak performance. Case, doing whatever it took just to grind the gears of, against the LA Clippers and ultimately bringing it to a stop. Yeah, no, I, we, we definitely owe a salute to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I
0: want to highlight the former Laker too as well. Russell was fantastic in this game. Amazing. Uh, he also had 29 points. He finally, I think, understands his role and where he th- he thrives the best, and that is, you don't need to be the the guy. You you can distribute the ball. You don't have to always take the shot. And the crazy part about that is, like, I find he's more, he's more of a threat out there when you don't know what he's gonna do versus. Exactly when he was just trying to force it, I'm talking pre Anthony Edwards, he's just trying to force it and force it and force it. And I think defense is kind of understood like, okay, well, that's pretty easy. Like I can, I can just take him away. And, and he's going to uh, shoot. but then Yeah. Uh, and let's be honest, like let's, let's either double team or box out um, towns. And then let's just force Russell to make shots that he just is very uncomfortable uh, shooting. I think Anthony Edwards was needed on this Minnesota team. I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder, like you said, and I think it it feeds off into this, it feeds off into the team. I think he has this "I don't want to be a loser; I'm a winner" type attitude, and I think that's what they needed. I, I, I think they needed a player like this. Honestly, you can make an argument that Jimmy Butler was supposed to be that player, but I think he, I think where the other guys were
1: versus him, it was just too far ahead in the curve. He wanted just, the team to catch up to him, but Anthony Edwards correct. actually gets to grow into the team and let his correct. attitude become infectious like that. Correct. And it's nice to see that like this team has a bright future
0: and, and I think they're going to be talked about for years to come. And, you know, maybe they, maybe they do pull a Knicks and take a step back next year, but honestly, man, like, I don't think so. I think this team is, I think this team's something else. And I'm, kind of curious to see where this this season brings them
1: like do you you remember what was said about anthony edwards pre-draft
0: oh about the questions
1: about him and they were like yeah does he even care about basketball yeah well newsflash he cares about basketball he's just confident in whatever he does that's why he says comments like whatever sport you put me in i'll be great it's it's not even just like i think the guy just wants to win (laughs) yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think and, that guy just that, wants to scary, win, man. That's a
1: scary chip to put to somebody Absolutely. that already is naturally as gifted as he is at playing basketball. For sure. And he was hitting some deep threes last night. I believe, awesome. at one, I believe
0: at one point he was four for four, three for three from three, from the field from three. But it was, they weren't easy threes. Like these were deep threes, guys in his face. And he was just like, yeah, I got it. Like,
1: don't worry There's, about it. Either his third or but or his fourth, I remember the announcer. I I remember just watching him and he just lulled the defender to sleep. He did a little crossover, hezzy right, not far, brought it back, didn't literally didn't even move from his spot as he does this. And he's yeah. like, Oh, look at look at all the space I just created from switching hands. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's an yeah. impeccable player, man. It's gonna be
0: it's gonna be fun to watch that guy grow. Yeah, As a, player. a lot.
1: A lot. Might have uh, to. Manage, might have to get the jersey. <laughs> might have. I might. I might, might have to do it. Man. Hey, might have to do
0: it. Clippers side. I mean, Paul George. Enough said. I mean, thirty-four points. I, uh, I'm not.
1: Start off slow though. He was. Uh, yeah. He would two for four, and then from that he went oh from six for mm-hmm. the rest of the first half, and then he turned on in the second half and he did Paul George things.
0: But I mean, between you and I, and the, this is no yeah. bias aside, like. I don't. I didn't expect the Clippers with Kawhi being out and Paul George being out for as long as he. he I mean, he had stints too this year, yeah. right, where he was out. Um, I didn't expect him to be in this position. So for them to even get here is pretty remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to tonight's games. Let's got a S- score update first. Oh, uh, right now. Last time I saw it. Yeah. Was 105
1: 82 for the Hawks against the Hornets. That's pretty predictable, though, actually. You you said this earlier in, yeah. in one of our podcasts that we recorded. Yeah, last where, episode about the Hawks. Yeah, exactly. We're yeah. we're not sure how many people actually want to play against the Hawks. Like, how, how do you really want to face a team in a playoff in a play-in game with playoff experience? Exactly. And we know. Trey young is always going to show up because Trey young will put the team on his back to do what he has to do to make sure that that team is okay. Yeah.
0: Trey's got ice in his veins right now too. He's at 22 points and 10 assists. There he is. Uh, (laughs) There he is. Hunter's got 19. Capel's got 15. They're a stacked squad on paper. I just felt like they just couldn't get it going this year. I shouldn't say stacked, but I I should say a solid squad. We'll, We'll go with that. But Charlotte, just unfortunately, luck of the draw. They didn't get the matchup that I think would have benefited them. I think this, that was just a poor mat- matchup to begin with. Lamelo well, um, has 18 points though. So that's not too bad. Like you'd you like to see the young players kind of grow and, and take these in strides. Personally, it, the way it's going right now, I'm, I'm predicting the Hawks to win this game. So that sets up a matchup of the Hawks versus the Cavs in Cleveland on Friday. Hornets. Sorry? Hornets. No, I'm saying, no, Hawks would be the Hawks because the Hornets would be knocked out because they're the 10th seed right now. Oh, touche. Right? Yeah. So it'd be Hawks versus Cavs, Cavs at home.
1: Right. Who do you like in that? I, I mean. s- I gotta go with the Cavs. I I like the Hornets. I like what they're doing. I just don't Hawks, think that there's Hawks. oh Hawks. Sorry. Yeah. Oh right. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Think about that one. <laughs> that changes it a lot. <laughs> Phew. Uh I'm. I'm gonna still, go Hawks. I'm still actually. I'm gonna go Cavs. Okay. I, I understand the playoff history behind the Hawks. Mm-hmm. I do I do think that Cleveland also has a chip on their shoulder that they're going to carry into that Correct. game. Yeah, I do think to a degree they're going to be like, we could have beat the Nets. So we're going mm-hmm. to get our opportunity to work to beat the Nets again. Absolutely. Um, Spoiler alert, I hate to say it. I think I actually have the Nets beating the Celtics. I do too, but yeah.
0: I also have that being a lot closer of a series than I think a lot of people are thinking. that's that's probably going to seven I have it in seven actually you know what it's funny that you say this because I've seen a lot of experts kind of saying that they have the Celtics just Mm -hmm. because of depth of the roster versus versus um the Nets because like it's like and I kind of understand that I don't want to make this uh a playoff matchup podcast but I do understand kind of where they're coming from and I It's kind of like, if you cancel out, you know, Durant and Kyrie are going to have a night, but like, let's cancel out the other players.
1: Right. There's more performers on the Celtics. If you take out Tatum and Brown,
0: like both of them. Exactly. And like, if both of them put up 30, that's cute, but that's, that's 60. Like that's not going to get you to win. Right. Exactly. Something to ponder. Yeah. I'm going Hawks though, because I think Capella and Gallinari can kind of halt the Mobley, kind of offset the Mobley um, aspect. And then give me Trey Young versus anybody that's a guard on the Cavs. So I I don't know. I just find that, like, when you have that experience, you have a guy who shows up in big moments. I can't really go against them, so I got the Hawks here. And then in the late game tonight, play in Spurs Pelicans. in New Orleans. I got the Pals. You got the Pels? I, I got the, the Pals Pelicans. as well. I got the Pelicans. Yeah, I got the Pelicans as well. Um, Thoughts, though, on this game?
1: I don't think that the Spurs are supposed to be here. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, let's just call, us, uh, call it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I think that the Spurs, under good coaching, that's what's and, scary, though, right? I know About Pop, the Spurs. Pop, Popovich is always this that is a guy. one, yeah. Like
0: this is a, this is like a March Madness style yeah. game, right? This is one and done, right? Yeah,
1: and like, coaching sometimes makes a difference in these games, like absolutely. Yeah. I I Pop is the wild card. I think that the Pelicans have. More performers, even though Zion is not there, which is fine because Zion hasn't been there all season. And exactly. They they made the necessary trade at the trade deadline to acquire a talent like CJ McCullum. Yeah. They've got good depth. Brandon young Ingram team. Brandon Ingram is still a monster. Mm-hmm. I don't know who on the Spurs will match up with him defensively. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: Can't, I mean, can't really go against you on any of that. I mean, from the Spurs side, you got to watch Potal. Potal's been on fire. Like, he's looking real good. Uh, Seems like he's having a a surgeons. He's just mad
1: that he's still there to mark on out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you might be right on that one. He's like, I'm going to get my worth and get
1: out of here, don't you? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Pop's like trying to get him to stay. Um, We got Murray to leave too. I mean, maybe this could be Pops' last game. It's true. But that being said, regardless of who wins – well, actually, no, let's go with the Pelicans. So let's say the Pelicans do win tonight. That means that they would face – Clippers? The Clippers in
1: L.A. I got to go with the Clippers too. Me too. I, that doesn't matter. To be honest, I don't think that's, – That's, again, it's going to be coaching versus the talents roster, and that's not to knock Ty Lu. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, especially over the course of the last couple of years, that the Clippers have more, much more playoff experience than anybody on that roster. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I think that that will run deep, and you will see that. And I think Paul George and the LA Clippers will come out pissed off, especially after Pat Beverly's comments. For sure. Um, Plus, I mean, I like to always
0: lean towards the superstar versus – you know, guys who, uh, not nothing the the Pelicans, it's just I don't find they have a, a guy who can take over. Oh, no, exactly. But uh, interesting matchups. It's going to be that. great.
1: It's going to be good regardless of what happens. So I'm excited to see.
0: For sure. And now for the listeners, Chase and I will put our playoff predictions after Friday, so let's say Saturday or Sunday, we'll put them up actually on our Instagram page. So, Correct. so. people, people could see what, who we voted for and maybe we'll put in a, a poll or a quiz or something like that. Well, not a quiz, but a poll maybe on the story for who people think should win these series for sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. And then next week we'll talk playoff matchups, uh, probably get into some games.
1: Raptors game starts Saturday, the 17th. I believe I think it's Saturday, Saturday or Sunday. I I believe I saw the 17th is when the Raptors played the Sixers for the Sunday, Sunday,
0: Sunday. So that should be a good one. I'm pretty pumped. I honestly, I I think that we're now we're in the swing of things. I think we're about to see some really good games. I know the first round kind of always starts off a little slow and then it kind of builds up and then really it's round two. That's where you see probably the best basketball. Yeah, exactly. Um, But this should be fun. I'm,
1: this is also going to be a very interesting time to watch how we balance out everything between that and the draft because the draft is literally 11 days after the start of the playoffs. So yeah, NBA, we'll... as much as we love you, you're, we're going to get off of you a little bit at one <laughs> point. So not, not personal, but personal for sure. And it seems like we might have a draft show. I think that that's what's going to be, man. So we'll get you into the room here, uh, right to the Fry house. Absolutely. We'll, get, we'll get Sean over here. I think we'll have appearances by both, uh, Slugger and Lawak. okay, and uh, nice. yeah, we'll just we'll we'll have a good time and we'll make a we'll make an evening of it, man. I'm excited for it.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. Um, with that being said, anything else, for NBA before we move into NFL? Go Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. All right, let's go. Okay, NFL time. Yo, uh, <laughs> I kept it short and quick. I don't want to. I didn't want to go too much into everything that's going on in the NFL because there are some stuff
1: <coughs> private jet. <laughs> Sorry, like James. I said, you guys afforded the gas money from getting rid of Carson Wentz's contract. <laughs> so that's, that's on y'all. And you know what? I probably, I would rather see Stefan Gilmore go to you guys and have to worry about him on the LA Rams and, you know, any quarterback that has to deal with those two with Bobby Wagner in the middle and Aaron Donald coming at you. Yeah. That's just a it,
0: honestly like it's not fair they, they should not be like they should have a minimum players
1: they're, that they can sign like, they're the oh oh uh 2010 heat yeah <laughs> like, yeah pretty much this doesn't make sense man like yeah. just take away their like i know they're already like fuck those picks but like they don't need them like yeah. let's just get everybody wants to go to la and not many people apparently want to play for the Chargers at that point. No, knock to the Chargers because we not to knock their talent acquisition that they've done this offseason. But it, it's but the crazy. Rams hit a little different right now, especially after that Super Bowl win. Yeah, but it's crazy with the California taxes. You would think that people would stay away, but no. Nope. What do you think Matthew Safford bought two of Drake's houses?
0: <laughs> it's He's like, I'm is, I know a
1: guy. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, the other thing, too, I don't really want to discuss because I know it's an ongoing investigation. And I, I think that I like to see, first of all, I don't understand all of what's going on in uh, terms of, it turns illegal, I can but the dance, you. the Dan Snyder, I can
1: help you. I okay, can help go you. for it. You know what money laundering is? Oh, I do know what money laundering <laughs> is.
0: I don't understand exactly how we got, basically, I don't understand how he managed to pull this off in front of the owners because they actually have to sit down
1: and discuss this. Right. right. So what Dan Snyder did was he presented two sets of books. One that I understand. Yeah, I got one that with right. What one with the actual status and numbers of what he was selling. Yeah, and then he had kept another set for a tax influx that he put onto fans, so right. they paid more for either beverages or ticket prices, and
0: I think it was for season done. tickets too. right? Season tickets as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, and didn't report report the extra revenue to the owners. And for the
0: listeners, see the NFL is a shared revenue. So basically every, everything that they make goes into a pot and then distributed evenly. Correct. So when you have an owner who is withholding that money, I mean, that could, that's a that's money out of when, everybody one When
1: pot. the pot drops, two, it's selfish because you're robbing Correct. everybody of the opportunity to yep. make more money. Three, I'm pretty sure that probably affects the salary cap going into the league years. So. Absolutely. And it's also, you know, this is the, the, the
0: worst part too, is that you're kind of probably seen as a struggling franchise too right For sure. Well, and now no, if,
1: we you know we like we didn't know that already <laughs> no but that's the
0: worst part it's like now it's like you so you weren't sure you weren't really struggling it's like oh. that
1: added extra layer right? and then to add insult to injury and you know no pun intended on that they went and traded for carson wentz who will probably <laughs> get injured on fedex field by week four just just call trying to call it <laughs> And they also decide to call themselves the commanders.
0: <laughs> Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Command that ship all the way down, dog. No, I I, I got that part. And I, under, I understand that part. I just, it's some of the legal re- repercussions. Right. That's where I'm kind of a little bit murky on. And she I think on. there's, I think we still need more details. And I think more details are fine. Jail.
1: Yo, hold on! I got it. Guess who's going go, to jail? Go, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: hold on. Where, where is it? Let <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not get kicked off now. So. <laughs> you
1: heard that, dogma? Yeah. Guess who's going to Dan Snyder going to jail tonight?
0: <laughs> um, curious to see though what's going to happen if the the NFL is going to decide to actually get together and you know temporarily uh, purchase the team and then sell it. Like, I don't know how that's going to work there's well, that was
1: an option uh i think the other option is you, well, gonna force you know, like gonna like the green bay packers and have the fans yeah yeah that i mean that could work too yo he took all of that money He get let fans get covered in shit from the fucking burst pipe
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the worst part about this though and like this is not being talked about <laughs> like when we when you're talking about like well the fans could own it, like they have to speaking of like shit bursting and everything like they they need a new stadium yeah, yeah. So that's even an added extra because now it's going to be. Well, I'm sure Washington's not going to pay for a new stadium because they're going to be like, "Yo, fuck this guy. They he basically, he basically just robbed us blind." Um, another thing too that they were doing apparently was like, you know, like they would they would ask or they would hold like the army or air force games and, at, at FedEx. Yeah, and then with and then say that well because. They weren't a part of the NFL, they don't need to make they don't need to pay yeah. Yeah, that exactly. the revenues. Exactly. So, Some shady business. Whoever was cooking the books for them, though, like I really do hope
1: they got paid out because they're probably in a lot of trouble right now. And all of their all of their assets are seized, man. Good luck getting the lawyer. You do yeah. you gonna need Jeffrey Dahmer's lawyer. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Chase is on fire tonight. You know, <laughs> My, jump, my jumper's wet again. I'm back. <laughs> Got that dumper, huh? Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: this is this is an interesting time. But let's talk about money in a positive way, not a negative way. Okay. Um, let's let's talk about Derek Carr getting the bag.
1: Yeah, uh, one very selfless contract. Yeah, very selfless contracted today's market of the quarterback wanting to be paid the most that they can be good for him. I mean, unfortunately for him, it took his last extension and losing Khalil Mack to realize, oh, shit, if I get all of the money, nobody's going to be here. Correct. So very selfless. Even came out and said, you know, lost my best friend last time this happened. Didn't want to go through that. Wanted to make sure we could build the team and allocate resources properly through the roster. And get the guys we need here, aka Devonte Smith.
0: To add to that, too, I mean, I think he also said either a Raider or I'm playing golf. Playing golf. That's it. Like, and, and I don't like that. I, you know, I will say this about Derek Carr. I've been pretty vocal about how much I feel like he's grown and he's gotten better as a quarterback. I think I rank him a little bit higher than most people do in terms of where he ranks amongst his peers at the sure. position. I think he's a leader and it feels like these guys want to play for him. Yeah. So deservingly. So I think he definitely deserves that bag. And I'm glad that it seems like all of his teammates agree with that too. I mean, they've been pretty vocal and coming out and saying how happy they are that he did get paid and it's time to go to work. So good for Derek Carr. Amazing. Good for the Raiders. Yeah. I think for Josh McDaniels, this is a big sigh of relief because imagine you go into the season, you have the success you, you do. He ends up maybe finishing as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And then he turns around and goes, okay, give me my money or I'm walking. It kind of sucks for Josh McDaniel. And he kind of, he kind of stated that he took this job to work with Carr, Right. Yeah. So,
1: um, Huge W there for that, considering, you know, we always have to look at the fact that whenever a new coach goes in, like, mm-hmm. I kind of consider everybody to be expendable because nobody's really his guy, sure. except for correct. the signings that happens with free agent. Yeah. So huge win for him, huge vote of confidence for Derek Carr behind the organization, with the organization. And they threw the double down and they were like, like we highlighted before, they brought in Devontae Adams to make sure that was okay. Can't be mad at it. No, definitely not. For fantasy purposes,
0: though, do you think Devontae Adams has dropped a little bit in terms of being up there for maybe, let's say, the top three for no. receiver? No. You don't think so?
1: I don't hmm. think so. I think he's still there. I think that the continuation I, – I do think that the chemistry between Devontae Adams and Derek Carr still does exist. Clearly it does because, as Devontae Adams highlighted, throughout the entire season and then some since college, they've been very, very close – Mm -hmm. Uh, they've always talked about playing together again and now they get to do it at the professional level I think I really do think we're going to see something special out of the Las Vegas Raiders and a QB uh, wide receiver connection
0: for sure I don't know if he's a number three honestly I I could think of guys that I would maybe put ahead of him but I don't think he's going to fall as some people are anticipating as much right I don't think I, honestly, I think Tyreek Hill is going to have a bigger drop than than. Yeah,
1: I, I agree with that. And if anything else, like besides, I don't think Devontae Adams fall, falls, but we both acknowledge this too. I also think that Darren Waller's status goes all the way up just by his presence on the field.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think he's going to have, like, it's going to be like a Travis Kelsey effect basically yeah, exactly. where it's like,
1: oh, great. You want to cover this? You want to cover
0: Devontae? good luck because now you have Waller who's wide open. And Derek is
1: pretty good with the deep ball, so – Hunter Renfro. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you might have a date season two. Braylon Edwards, too. Like another mm-hmm. good guy. Okay.
0: I gotta also highlight something else too that I've heard on the rumor mill. Rumors. I was like, I was excited. I thought we got the shit on people now. <laughs> no, not just yet. I'm holding that to the last segment here. Uh multiple leak sources say that they would not be surprised at all if one of the big four receivers, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Debo Samuel or Terry McLaurin, McLaurin are traded by slash on draft weekend. So catch your fade. Do you think one of those guys will be traded before or
1: on the draft day? Catch. And I'll tell you which one I think it is. Go for it. Debo Samuel. Mm, $25 million. Yeah. Is that it? That's it, man. I think he wants his money. We all know that he's already done the social media era of negotiating with the team and deleting all of your pictures with and attire of you in a Niners uniform. I think that the way he, they used him, not that because Kyle Shanahan schemed him up so well, he did mm-hmm. stay healthy, which is might be why the Niners might be hesitant to pull the trigger right now mm-hmm. on a deal. I do think if it is to if it is to happen, I do think that Debo Samuel is the one who's most likely to be on the move. Yeah, you could be right on that.
0: I'm. Fuck, I don't even know, Oh, man. This catch or fade is true. catch or fade, Zach. I'll go catch there on this is. one. There it is. I don't know if it's going to be Debo though. That's I'm. I'm still struggling with that because I still feel like. Kyle Shanahan at the end of the day is going to go to bat for him and yeah. try to keep him.
1: Well, so- yeah, because he opens up so much. And that's not a slight to Ayuk either. Like, cause Ayuk has the capability, to do it, but we also know Ayuk had to get out of the doghouse from last right. season to get to being the production that he is. Right. Exactly.
0: So I'll do process of elimination. If I don't think it's Devo DK stronger possibility, but he's eating candy and, drinking coffee and having one meal a day. So I think he stays in Seattle because I think he fits their, their, their model of what they want to do. Yeah. AJ Brown. I don't see the Titans getting rid of him.
1: I just feel they like came, he's, they came out and said, we're not moving him. Get, exactly. Get out of here. No, don't exactly.
0: So if that, if those three aren't on the board, then I'm going to go with Terry because I could see Washington going the cheaper out here and drafting a receiver Oh, Washington is going the cheaper route. That's a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> but yeah, I could kind of see them saying well, let's load up on capital. Maybe try to get some younger receivers in here and build the talent from within around Carson versus just paying Terry all that money. And do I think it's the right move? No, I'm going to say this. Don't, don't get too excited here, but I know what you're going to
1: say. I thought it, I helped. I,
0: I really do think that Terry could end up being an eagle. I would oh, love that. that.
1: The Terry and Devontae Smith. Ooh. Uh, anyways, I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to relax.
0: Again, I, I know that there's been this like speculation. There's been a lot of talk that maybe the Eagles are going to draft a wide receiver in the first round but I still think a a veteran wide receiver or at least an established wide receiver is what the Eagles need. And I have, I just have a strong feeling that if one of these guys are available, they'll definitely dabble in them and they'll probably be, if they're not, if they don't get them, they'll be a finalist. Yeah. My only issue with that is you're looking at same division, but do you really care about same division or not? When let's say one of those draft picks are on the table. Like that's tough, man. That like, when I, you have I, a tactic like
1: that, I think uh. you're right, but I think in the same aspect, you also have to look at it like this. And we I, I said this last week mm-hmm. where in the NFL, the one thing you want to do more than anything else, yes, you want great talent, but you want the talent and the skill to be able to win to beat your opponents in your division. Yeah. And I think that that would be the nail in the coffin for the Washington football team. Because I can't think of a productive quarter on the Washington football team right now.
0: Yeah. But to see, again, this is, and this goes back to what I'm saying. Like they have that draft capital. Like maybe they don't even go receiver. Maybe sure. Washington decides, screw this. We're going to trade up with maybe the jets and maybe we'll take sauce. Sauce. You know what I mean? Like there's ways around this, or maybe they go, they say like, you know what? We'll just get Stingley. You know, like, yeah, yeah. we'll go with him and then we'll draft like another, like there's ways around this. And the other thing too, that like, I, I will say this, it's like, let's say Philly does go out and have to, they're going to have to pay Terry if they do acquire him, hypothetically. Right. You might be hurting them from a cap standpoint, right? Like you might, you might be tying their hands to the point where like, yeah, they have a great player at that position, but that means they can't build anywhere else, which Maybe that's their thought process. I don't know. Personally, I don't, I don't like it, but I could see how teams could feel that way. For sure.
1: I, to that point, I, and this is just to talk a little bit about what Philly has done in the recent Mm -hmm. weeks. I do think that part of whatever the Philadelphia Eagles are about to do is part of the reason why they got rid of that draft pick. One of their draft picks were from this year. Yes, Mm they traded two to get, still have two this year and one extra next year, so they have two next year. I do think that this is a plot to allocate funds to places of need to get long-term talent and proven talent. For sure. It's one thing to swing at a rookie and miss, but it's another thing to get a player that you've seen do this for seasons and turn on. And I think knowing Howie Roseman and how he manipulates the cap, I think he'll be okay with that. We also have to remember going into after the season, Philly no longer will probably, most likely, not have Jason Kelsey, and also most likely will not have Fletcher Cox, Dang. and probably. And I, as much as I like him, there's a good chance Darius Slay isn't there either, based on them. age and salary. I got a prospect
0: question for you, but you know what? Maybe I'll save it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hold it. Hold it for the draft, just in case. Okay. Cause you mentioned somebody's name and it's probably something else. Gotcha. Okay.
1: No, Kelsey. Oh, Kelsey's going to be there. And he's going to retire illegal. That's my self-inventory. No, that's not my,
0: okay. That... I was saying for, okay. Limblom, right now. Yeah. Like that's a, an established yeah. center. Like it, it seems like, like, do you make, I know it's like, there's a chance he sits for one year, but like, maybe he plays guard for one year and then you move him, you kick him back out the center. Like, That's an
1: interesting pick. Well, I was thinking that, and I also thought that maybe that's what Landon Dickerson will become. Mm, True. So I I, I think that the future will be bright at whatever aspect they choose to go with it. I just do believe that at the end of this year, Kelsey will be gone. It will be the end of his NFL career, hell of an NFL career if it is. And I think that those moves will open up the cap space to – For Philly to move freely as a, or freely, quote unquote, (laughs) to address other areas of need. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's move
0: off of that. I got one more topic before we get into the one that I know you really want to discuss.
1: (laughs) He's like, God damn it. The clip clip is loaded for that. He he keeps putting it off. Play with my emotions. Like playing with my money, Zach. (laughs) Come on now.
0: So I listened to two podcasts. Because you know, I, as you know, listen, two-point culture is the podcast, it's the number one podcast. One. It, it it's the one I do listen to, you know, the most. Yes, that's right. I'm condescending and love to listen to my own voice.
1: Okay. <laughs> we, we've told listeners, we we are biased.
0: <laughs> we um, live
1: in our bias. So with that being
0: said, I listened to two podcasts over the last two days. One had Sam Darnold on it and the other one had Baker Mayfield. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning the two names of these quarterbacks is because I want you to think about the current situation or situations that both of them have been, or are in we'll say both of them mentioned something and it resonated with me. Okay. Darnold said that there were times where he would go into a deli in New Jersey and he'd be getting food and fans would come up to him and tell him pretty much you suck how poorly he's played whatever shitting on the guy right and his response was well i don't go to your you know carpenter job or no he didn't say carpenter but like no he's like no he's like he's like i don't go and criticize your roofing job is what i think that's what his quote was and i don't just stand there and, and kind of boo you and 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 tell you how bad of a proofing job you've done switching gears. Let's go to Baker. Now
1: I saw Baker, those comments by Baker. I love this though.
0: <laughs> Baker stated on his interview on the podcast, on his podcast, uh, the podcast that he was on, sorry that, you know, he would love to go to a fan's cubicle and stand there, just boo them and or have like 10,000 people booing them and saying how and bad watch them crumble. <laughs> Correct. So, my question to you is, you know,
1: which would I, know, I rather
0: be? <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm, what I'm, so
1: I meant from that aspect of that situation. But first yeah. of all, is it warranted for them to feel like that? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I do think it's warranted. I only think that the difference is we get to do that to them because they're so, under such a spotlight. Correct. I, I agree with you. I think that there are people that are terrible at their jobs and probably could be looked at as hypocrites for criticizing somebody else for being terrible at their job for sure. And that, like, listen,
0: I'm, I'm going to say it too. I mean, there's been times where, well, listen, Carson. Yeah. I'll be, I'll go right on record here. Like there's times last year where I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, I don't understand why you're not making the throw. I'm seeing this. Why are not you do. But at the end of the day, like I will admit, I'm like Carson Wentz is still an NFL talent. Yes. Like he is still like what he does. Like I can never do that. Like I, I will be the first one to admit that. Right. And I think fans, there's certain fans that unfortunately just can't make that connection. They feel like they could just jog out there uh, without any training. And they're like, yeah,
1: I used to do that in high school. I I could do do that. that. I could do a five round out. Yeah, I could do that with Miles Garrett coming at you. So now my next step is,
0: do you think that that actually bothers them more because
1: of the lack of success they've had? Th- this is kind of where I'm going. Do you see okay. where I'm kind of where I'm kind of? I, I, I get the image you're painting. I don't know if that bothers the the bothers them more because, you know, like everybody at a job, uh, you have to have a certain skill of cognitive or mm-hmm. level of professionalism and talent at your job. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think that there's two things here. I think that one, like I said they get criticized a lot because they are on national media and they get seen at least once a week for X amount of time throughout the season. The second part of it is to cater to your question a little bit more, you know, it's kind of like your boss bringing in somebody terrible Mm -hmm. and that's not your fault. No. So if I'm being blamed because somebody else cannot do their job or we don't have the talent to, like, because football is a long season and, you know, everybody has shitty days. Oh, for sure. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, it's completely wrong for them to feel this way. I don't think it's a bad thing for them to feel this way. If anything, I can empathize with them and be like, no, I would totally feel like this. And I'm also petty. So yeah, I would love to be Baker Mayfield and be like, yeah, yo, I would go to your cubicle and you boo-, boo the yeah, shit. I what you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get you, yeah. But I really do think that you know, physical tolls, media, coaching changes, talent changing around you, like not for nothing. You can make the argument Baker Mayfield maybe didn't use the talent around him in a successful manner. Yeah,
0: but I can also make an argument stating that I also feel that he was put in shitty positions
1: too, right? That that part too, and played through injury as well. Correct. When it comes to Sam Darnold, I look at it a little bit differently because, you know, you your head coach was Adam Gase.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And you had an or yeah, yeah, you had an organization that basically like it seemed like from what he okay, just by like I'm not gonna go through the full thing like I don't, I don't want to take up too much time on this, but um, it just seems like the GM who originally drafted them versus Douglas who took over. Right. Just had like a different philosophy and just saw things differently sure. and, and wanted to move off of them. But the problem was it's like, you know, he, he, he said, he's like, I had my exit interview, but I was still, and he's like, I had a feeling I was leaving and I was prepared that I was going to leave. Yeah. But then like, it was weird because he's like, I'm sitting with the new coach with Salah. I'm sitting with the new offensive coordinator with the new quarterback coach. And we're going through what they want me to do and all these formations. And he's like, and this is great. And he's like, I'm trying to learn, but he's like in the back of my mind,
1: you're distracted by that aspect of, well, um... no, he's like,
0: I know I'm already out. Like, he's like, I'm already at peace with like being out. So it's like to balance that he's like, he, and, and like, he didn't say it, but like the way I kind of felt that through, I'm like, It'd be kind of interesting to see, like, had they have not been able to draft Zach Wilson where they did. Right. Like,
1: he would he still be the
0: guy. He would have been, yeah, but that would have been a, a mess because internally it's like you're prepared to leave, but then you're not leaving. So why I'm, I'm bringing this in is because that's kind of how Baker feels right now. Right? Like, he's prepared to leave. They want him gone, but technically he's still there. And now there's, like, there has been some, talk or whatever of like,
1: well, what if the Browns just hold on to them until they figure out what's going on with Deshaun? There's that. And then there's the other aspect of this. And this is what I was going to say before, uh, unlike, and the difference between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield is this, is the allocation of talent around him. Correct. Cause it's one thing to have an Odell and a Jarvis Landry and David Njoku and a backfield of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But that's not what Sam Darnold walked no. into. No. So, and even in Carolina, yeah, they tried their best to assess the situation, but they didn't do it. I don't I, mean, I don't want was, to knock too much yeah. on Sam Darnold. Like I just think he was he was put into a really shitty position and everybody hold it against him because he's the quarterback and he's the first person that handles the ball. Mm-hmm. Whereas for Baker, the issue is you had the talent, you had all of the pieces around you. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for Baker Mayfield. They've changed the head coach. They got a winning record head coach now. Yeah. Like, so I, I probably knock Baker a little bit more than Sam in this situation.
0: Yeah. And I think that's warranted. I mean, I, I kind of understand that too. And if you watch both interviews, you can kind of see that it's, it's funny because you, you listen to Sam and maybe it's just the host yeah. a little bit more comfortable. I don't know, but Darnold, you actually feel kind of bad for, and you, you kind of like empathize, uh, empathize with him a little yeah. bit more. Whereas Baker, I mean, you do understand his frustrations and stuff, but he kind of still comes off as a bit of a kind of like a, a douche. Yeah. Like he's just kind of, it felt like he was making a little bit more excuses. Like he was
1: still, you know, he's still talking about the, I mean, not for but, but I mean, that's been the thing about Baker since he's been drafted, like, All the way back, all the way back to the arrest of the video of him running from the cops and getting caught. Like, like this has been the thing about him. He's a little douchey, but I'm not saying he's a douche as a person. I just think he comes off that way. Correct. I'm sure it's part of his competitive nature to talk and act like that, which is okay. I just find it funny that, like,
0: you see two quarterbacks that were in the same draft class kind of having somewhat. I wouldn't say similar compared, similar to but different,
1: like apples to oranges. Correct. Yeah. But like
0: there, there there is some parallels between the two. And like the way that they see the league, the way that they're they're acting now, and like with like the way that they view the fans, I'm like, okay, that I I agree. I see where you guys are coming from. But like if I go and talk to Josh Allen, who's had that success, and you didn't know, didn't start with success, that
1: success either.
0: No but now has, like, yeah. I wonder how he would view, like, I wonder if he sees that the same way that they do, or is it just because they haven't had that,
1: do they see, I don't know, I, I'm just, that's kind of it, like other thing we always I'm, have to remember when we're talking about fans, he was everything fans, situation that fan, it's situational and fans are short for fanatics, so fans are fucking crazy regardless
0: absolutely,
1: absolutely, but it's just like, I just find that like it'd be interesting
0: to hear what, let's say Tom or like one of the, the top end quarterbacks would say about about this like i don't know i just yeah it's gonna be it's definitely a topic that i i thought needed to be addressed and i'm I'm curious to see going forward if any other quarterbacks because now i feel like everybody um understands about mental
1: health everybody seems to be especially at the quarterback position yeah but that's fake (laughs) that's fake nope listen mental health is the crutch that people grab but don't actually support in today's society and i stand by that heavily i everybody recognizes it and they'll go they'll be empathetic about mental health situations but i don't think people really care about mental health situations as much as they claim they do because that's okay. why we end up in these situations that we get into today fair enough i see where you're coming from from on that end i wouldn't
0: necessarily say it's fake i won't go that far i, I don't mean yeah i know what you mean <laughs> uh I, I get what you're saying though i just feel that like what i'm what i'm trying to say is like as a quarterback, like you said, the spotlight is on you. You are, unfortunately, you are the representation of the, of team. the team. And, you know, like I, I'm curious to see if, like, the proven winners are like the way that they handle certain, um, different circumstances and, and, and um, especially fan interaction, For how sure. that differs from the guys who, unfortunately, may have been drafted to and held in that high standards that just unfortunately crumbled under pressure. True. Like, okay, like I'm curious to see what like in, in, even to a, a certain extent, like I'd be curious to see what Dak Prescott has to say about this. Because that's a wild fan base. You've had success, but you've also had your downfalls. Like yeah, you get what I mean? Like that would be a guy that I think would be interesting. Anyway, I, I just think that this is this is a topic that I think the more I think more quarterbacks are end up gonna Bring this to light. I think you're going to see a little yeah. bit more of this. So this is something I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I just want yeah. your thoughts and opinions on it. i Hope we shed some light. <laughs> no, I I do think, and I to be honest, I, I do see eye to eye with you on most of it. Like I I do agree with you. It's just I felt like maybe I was being
1: a little too harsh in a sense, or a little bit. More... I don't I don't think you're being harsh. I think that. Yeah. You're, you're trying to be raw with the rea- reality of what the situation Correct. is. I don't think that that's being harsh by calling like, you know, uh, I don't want to say that saying again, um, <laughs> but calling, calling it for what it is, basically yeah. like what teams yeah. have, what players have to go into, into those environments. But I do really think that, you know, today's a lot of today's society that goes, you know, mental health, like I have to, we have to care about mental health. And we absolutely have to care about mental health. Correct. You can't care about mental health part of the time and then say, well, this guy's a terrible quarterback at this position in the situation For you should sure. and For then sure. ditch the mental health thing and be like, you're shit and fucking throw that guy under the bus. Absolutely, absolutely. No, no, I, I agree with you 100% on that. All right. But Unfortunately, fuck this guy's mental health that we're about to get into. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. First off, rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins. That was an absolutely unfortunate. Atrocious. Uh, yeah, unfortunate incident. Now what I want to but we what we do want to bring a light to and I, I hate that we're gonna probably talk a little bit more about him than the actual person who passed. So what we'll do is we'll just talk about this quickly and then just touch up on just like some encouraging words on Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. The way it was reported in the media was downright awful. Adam Shaffer, I'm calling him out on this one. I think a lot of people did too. That was terrible. Terrible reporting. That is absolutely gutless. Um, yeah, I, I'm losing words here on this one. Like, it, I, I've I've got a lot of things to say, but unfortunately, I also
1: can't. You, you want to be you want to be polite about this too, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stand on the line, well, Zach. I got it. <laughs> it I, was it was yeah. It was distasteful. Mm-hmm. It was horrendous. Yeah it was shameful. Mm-hmm. The fact that he got a, like, he just got a $9 million contract a year from ESPN. Yeah. Like this is, you are too well-paid to not have somebody proofread this to make sure that, or somebody pull you in your court and be like, don't do that. You are, yeah. it's not the first time this year that Adam Schefter is being hollered at for a distasteful tweet. Correct. Now, if You guys want to know about it. Just use Google. We had, after the Super Bowl with the Rams. We had something else that happened with Deshaun Watson. The list goes on. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter is supposed to be too much of a professional to make this mistake. And if you uh, can't yeah. stop making this mistake, hire a proofreader or let somebody else handle your socials.
0: Correct. He did go out. He did issue an apology through his podcast, which again I also found that was a bit distasteful, just because of the fact that you actually have to bring traffic to something that you basically generate revenue from
1: (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll double down on this for you right here it's not even you know what the worst part about it is is he deleted the tweet yeah and then he continued to tweet throughout the day about everything else like it didn't even happen
0: then yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: um the other thing yeah
1: I'm I'm trying to hold my tongue back just no no no, go go go, go for it I I just yo, man if if Whatever Dwayne Haskins was going through, whatever led him to that decision of trying to cross the highway. Mm -hmm. I don't know because I've never been in a position where I'm like, I'm going to cross the highway to get to where I'm going like that, like by foot. If the first thing somebody has to say to me from a professional, about me from a professional level is to shit on my struggles as a quarterback and not highlight the things that I've done for people around me, for the people that love me, for the people that I love, for the people that I actually care about, for what I do for my community. Yeah. Slap the shit out of them. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And, and like to, to piggyback onto that too, right? Like, again, I just feel like this is, I need to get the story out first. So let me just like, no, like I think, and again, I mean, I love our podcast. I love our podcast. It's the number one podcast but I do listen to other ones That's okay. and Pat McAfee had Ian Rapport on. And I don't know about you, but the general feeling towards Rapport versus Schefter, which you could probably say are probably the one, two, yeah. wherever you want to, however you want to rank them in terms of NFL news, Rapport through these, latest interviews that he's at these weekly excuse me interviews that he has with McAfee you get to know him a little bit better I think you get to see his personality Mm -hmm. I think you get to see more of the way he handles his business and goes about tweeting and doesn't really necessarily um jump the gun and he kind of highlighted this one and I thought to be honest I thought he said perfectly he actually got this information very quickly Mm -hmm. actually I think he, he said he was one of the He's like, I, I got this information from a from a relatable source, but he decided to hold off because he's like, I wanted the Pittsburgh Steelers first to come out and say something and report it before it. And he actually called his boss, and he's like, I had a discussion with him, and I said I do not feel comfortable. Good putting this out. And if you actually and you know, people are going to say, well, he's only saying that because Schefter's in trouble, blah, blah. But if you look at Raport's timeline, it yeah. it matches up completely yeah with when um with what he's saying i I just i just think that you know there's people in this i guess news reporting or the source business we'll say yeah Yeah, yeah. the insider business that's a better way of, of looking at it that do it properly and then there's guys that are just trying for that quick hit and for that you know i gotta be first but like you said i mean that's just Poor choice of words. I mean, you could be first without saying the things that he said. There's no excuse for that.
1: You don't have to highlight like he—he's not a quarterback first. No, that's that's the most important thing. Like, as a man, we go there. Yes, family man, father. You know, father, husband, um, son, um, brother. Correct. Like, yeah, people are hurting from that loss. Yeah, and to just be like, oh well, let's just keep it on football. Like, no, people lost somebody correct and somebody that's important to them a community lost somebody um if you want to talk about football in that sense hey the ohio lost somebody
0: absolutely yeah i mean yeah and then there's additional information coming out in this report too that i also find is a little bit sickening but i won't even mention it so let's
1: leave it at that exactly i'm I'm getting heated off of this
0: (laughs) correct correct Needless to say let's not focus all of our attention on Um sheffer because that's not the best way of looking at it let's focus actually on the man Dwayne haskins from everybody who's i mean chase claypool that was yeah really tough i, I mean yeah. tough to watch but awesome to see that like a guy a guy like haskins touched certain players and you could tell there was an emotional bond there i, I personally hate seeing somebody cried like it, it's it's sad you feel yeah. terrible for the person but you also see like how much somebody meant to someone and, and and clearly a lot of his teammates were touched by him and yep it sucks honestly it really does suck like it really sucks for pittsburgh um, uh as a franchise i mean this is their second loss i believe in the last like three years or four yeah. years too they yeah. lost a, a coach if i'm not mistaken correct um when i feel terrible for forgetting that guy's name but Unfortunately, it's, it's slipping my mind. But yeah, this is – it's tough, but let's try to remember the positives. And let's just say, you know, Wayne Haskins, from all accounts, it seems like he was an awesome guy and an awesome teammate and an awesome family man.
1: I, uh, absolutely. it was um, It was really disturbing to read that story. Condolences and prayers to the family, friends, the organizations that he's been associated with. You know mm-hmm. – Something, something that I know people, some people might look at when we look at athletes and celebrities that pass away, they mm-hmm. they're not, they may not be as empathetic, and they might be like, why? Keep in mind when even though people at a higher level or people that we don't actually know, we get to invest time into people still, whether watching them on yeah. the screen, mm-hmm. like we're now investing time into seeing them, even if we're not a fan of them of them. And they're the opposition of whatever we're watching
0: Dream for. Yeah.
1: We're investing time in them too.
0: Correct. And now with social media too, right? There's more insight. There's more access to these players. You get to see their personality. I mean, like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I follow quite a bit of athletes who mm-hmm. I pers- like, personally do not have uh, a connection with the team, but like I do like the person and what
1: they stand for. Right. And, what like, they, and how they carry themselves. Correct. Positions correct. that they put themselves in and things like that correct i mean my my heart goes out to the family the friends the communities the organizations that he was associated with the people that he touched the people that he helped and him i hope i hope wherever he is he's at peace absolutely and that's that's where i want to end my piece on that
0: for sure um yeah definitely i echo those sentiments and rest in peace to Dwayne haskins and i hope everyone who is involved in this uh, continues to honor his legacy.
1: And I know we're condemning Adam Schefter, but I really think Adam Schefter has one more go. go. And if it's one more slip up like this, because like I said, it's not the first time this year that Adam Schefter has done something distasteful. Mm -hmm. I really hope ESPN rips up that contract and be like, get the fuck out. I really do. I don't wish for failure on people. I don't think he's going to fail as a result of that. I just think that he really needs a root awakening of the impact that he has by his words in the absolutely. position that he's in.
0: Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. Anything else before we wrap this up? Did you get the
1: clip off? You have any more? I got the clip off. I'm good. I'm good. There's, <laughs> there's nothing else for me. There's nothing else for me. I'm I'm ready to go make some money. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, this is the two-point call, And we're out. Deuces, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. And rest, rest, in, p- peace. Re- rest in peace. Um, so, fuck, who died last yesterday? Gilbert. Oh, Gilbert, yeah, Gilbert Goffrey. Yeah. Rest in peace to
0: Gilbert Goffrey, too. Deuces.